Hey guys, welcome back to the show. My name is Lauren and this is Liam. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us and a big thank you especially to our live viewers. By the way, if this is your first time watching us live, we will be going through Super Chats. If you want to support the show that way, we're just going to be doing it after the main part of the show is done. So about an hour into the stream, just stay on the line. We're going to be getting to all your comments, questions, concerns. Um, so... Oh gosh, I have a lot of ranting to do this episode. I will I will make it as succinct as possible. We got Don Lemon. He is just making all the Trump voters mad, being his insufferable self. Then this is a shocking one, actually. I hadn't heard of it until really just recently. A student or former student at Columbia University has his degree revoked because he was found guilty of sexual assault by the school. Turns out, though, he had audio evidence proving yeah. his innocence the whole time. Very so that's, questionable case. It's... I don't understand how this is possible. Uh, then Trump makes a very reasonable call on immigration. Predictably, open borders advocates don't like that. We're going to be talking about some immigration news you guys may not have heard of. And then finally, to finish the show, politics and dating. When uh, when can you have differences? When can't you? We have some interesting anecdotes uh, that have been swirling around online, not ours, but other people's, even more juicy and scandalous. So it's going to be a fun show, but first I need to tell you guys about Black Rifle Coffee Company, our beloved sponsors. Uh, they are a veteran-owned and operated premium small batch roast-to-order coffee company for people who love America. They import only the highest quality beans and always roast-to-order their coffees for you after you place your order so you always get the freshest coffee available. All Black Rifle Coffee Company blends are available in whole bean and ground varieties, and they also have many roasts available for purchase in single-serve coffee rounds. And those are the ones that you're kind of leaning toward lately. Yes. Um, they also have things like mugs, hot cocoa on their website. Definitely check it out. But the best way to enjoy this freedom-filled coffee is with the Black Rifle Coffee Club. You choose the amount and the blends that you crave and they offer it to you at a special discounted price, ship-free directly to your home or office every month. If you guys watch this sh the show, you know that I am a sucker for any subscription service. I have far too many that come every month, but it's fun. It's like a present to myself. From myself. Yeah, and I no, don't need to leave the house to get and it. And listen, there might be a couple extra that you have, but Black Rifle is definitely a necessity. <laughs> the solid ones, yeah. a good one. Yeah. Uh, so wake up to America's Coffee by going to blackriflecoffee.com slash Lauren. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Lauren. Enter the discount code Lauren to receive 20% off your first order of any coffee products, including Black Rifle Coffee Club. Guys, odds are you're buying coffee anyway. So why not choose a company that shares your values, tries to hire as many veterans as possible. You don't need to leave the house and you get to support the show. It's like win, 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 win. You have no excuse to not at least check it out. Okay, so Don Lemon, up front, never liked Don Lemon. No. Even before I was like really active in politics or interested, my dad watches CNN. I would see him on in the background from time to time. I always thought he was smug. Never liked him. Yeah, I definitely get that vibe from him too. Yeah, um, so he recently had some guests on where this exchange went viral. I'm sure you guys have probably already seen this, but for anyone who hasn't, here is Don Lemon just being unbearable and his guests too, by the way. We, we can enjoy it. And it, obviously it's false. And look, he also knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane <laughs> next to it. He knows that this is, you know, an, an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience. Uh, you know, the, the, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump um, that, that wants to think that, that, that Donald Trump's a smart one. And there are y'all. Y'all elitists are dumb. You, you elitists with your geography and your maps and your spelling, even though my your math and your reading. Yeah, you're reading. You know, your geography, knowing other countries, sipping your latte, all those lines on the map. I don't care how much you hate Trump uh, or Trump supporters. That's not funny, right? Like, no. that's, that's not, especially not the level of laughter Don Lemon was engaging in, right? That's not merited. No, I felt like, I felt like it was like he was laughing because the guy was being so egregiously outlandish and he started laughing because of that but he didn't want to offend his guests at the same time so he made it look like it was funny but no. we all know it wasn't funny yeah no it you wasn't know. funny but it's like i think he was laughing because he doesn't like trump supporters but it just seemed fake and contrived the laughter like yes. i mean just because you agree with something that doesn't make it funny like those maga choir videos that you see on social media like maybe i agree with them but that's not like that's not good <laughs> I, there's a lot of boomer, <laughs> boomer instagram on the right like the boomers are out there a lot of them for trump but man yeah. Your social media game is They're trying, rough. Yeah, they're trying. They are trying. They are right? trying. They're trying with the, the memes. Um, but yeah, so this wasn't 
funny. And the guy on the right, by the way, the one who kind of started it, uh, the one with the questionable Southern impression, actually, no, the other guy too, both not good at that accent, but um, Rick Wilson, the white one, uh, he, if you don't know, is a never Trumper. Yes. who claims to be a Republican, uh, same way that I think people like Anna Navarro, Jennifer Rubin, Charlie Sykes also claim to be Republican. Like, I feel like he's part of that conserving conservatism group where conserving conservatism just so happens to be siding with the establishment left all the time. Convenient. I don't know. Um, yeah, I follow him on Twitter. He's pretty bad most of the time. Um, I actually, I used to just assume he worked for the bulwark. Ter <laughs> like, I, I don't... I don't know for a fact he does actually I think, assume that too. Yeah, actually. because he seems like that type. I'm not even sure, but it's just with his opinions. Um, anyway, predictably, the clip did not go over well, especially not with Trump supporters. Turns out they may not apparently know much about geography. They know how to get on social media and let their opinions be known, though. Yeah. And, and to me, what was most ironic about it was hearing these guys talk about how stupid other people are while they were delivering Trump a campaign ad. Right? <laughs> like the, the guy that they hate the most. They're yeah, giving him like, like the... is this controlled opposition? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was it was laughable. I mean, it's pretty much like a campaign ad for Trump in the 2016 election. You had the de deplorables comment by Hillary Clinton. Yes. I mean, it's not like any of these people are running for office, but I feel like, you know, the impression they give other people of the establishment left side is, is not very good. Yeah, they just validated it. Yeah, pretty much. And the thing is, it's not like Trump supporters aren't used to being mocked by the mainstream media. They absolutely are. I don't think anyone was under any delusions that CNN was not on their side. But it's usually not this blatant when it's CNN, right? Because, I mean, if this had happened on like MSNBC or in a video by... HuffPo, New York Times, or Washington Post, I think it wouldn't have been such a big deal. I don't think people would have thought anything different is about it, right? But right. CNN at least tries to claim impartiality, as yeah. does Don Lemon. But I think there's one of the most egregious examples where you're like, eh, I don't know. There doesn't seem to be any dissenting voices on this three-person panel. Uh, anyway, after people started sharing that video, there was obviously a lot of... <laughs> public outcry about it um talking about how much of a liberal hack don lemon is he eventually on his show i don't want to say apologize because it wasn't really an apology uh but he, i mean he talked about the incident is what we could say yes he made a statement and we have that clip here and one final note that i have for you because this is personally important to me to address this okay ask anyone who knows me they'll tell you i don't believe in belittling people belittling anyone for who they are, for what they believe, or where they're from. During an interview on Saturday night, one of my guests said something that made me laugh. And while in the moment, I found that joke humorous. And I didn't catch everything that was said. Just to make this perfectly clear, I was laughing at the joke and not at any group of people. Is it, is it just me or does like everything he says sound disingenuous? I don't know what it is about him specifically. I don't feel the same way about CNN people like, you know, Anderson Cooper or Wolf Blitzer. Like, it's really Don Lemon yeah, specifically. Yeah, you get that snake vibe. Seriously, I do. He's like the news anchor version of Taylor Swift in some ways. But uh, yeah, so him claiming to be nonpartisan, ridiculous. Nobody believes you. Uh, like he, he essentially, to me, behaves like a liberal pundit commentator, which is fine. Um, but own it, right? Yeah, exactly. Admit it. Admit know. it. It'd be like if I claim... Oh, I'm nonpartisan. <laughs> like, what? No, of course not. And that's that's fine. I mean, you guys may have noticed on this show, we don't spend a lot of time talking about, like, Rachel Maddow's uh, bias or anything like that because she knows. She owns it. Or the Young Turks, we criticize what they say sometimes, but I'm never, I'm never going to call them disingenuous about presenting themselves as anything other than progressive and that's, that's right. yeah own your opinions if you're going to be acting a fool like don lemon is and also like i love that you you hear that all the time and kind of these like non-apology apologies uh you know anyone who knows me knows that i don't engage in blah 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 yeah, yeah. That, that reminded me of trump honestly <laughs> yeah like everybody knows yeah yeah uh, it's like the what is it dothraki equivalent it is known <laughs> i do not belittle people what do you think about what CNN is doing here. Do you think this is good for ratings? I saw some people thinking that Don Lemon might even get it's, fired, which seemed like a, really, I a saw, pipe dream. But. I saw the opposite. I saw people saying that this was staged. Hmm. That um, could be, right? I yeah. mean, this is this is probably good for the ratings. Yeah, I mean, what is it? Um, 
Michael Malice was on Dave Rubin wearing a questionable outfit. I love you, Michael, but that was, I don't know about that. But he he was saying that it seemed, or I'm not sure if it was him or Dave, was saying that it seemed staged. And anytime something like this does happen on Don, Don Lemon's show, I think it gives his show a lot more attention than it usually does. Yeah. Maybe they're operating under the assumption that any press is good press. I don't know. But um, yeah, of course, once this apology came out non-apology just kind of added more fuel to the fire um people started circulating and i love the internet sometimes sometimes it does good things people started posting clips of don lemon being his most partisan his most belittling his most obnoxious self uh, and we actually have some of those here that we're going to be going through you know don lemon laughed at us uh now it's our turn to laugh at him uh let's start off with the first clip kanye west is what happens when negroes don't read um, and, and we have this now, and now Donald Trump is going to use it and pervert it, and he's going to have somebody who can stand with him and take pictures. <laughs> Just looking at Scott's face. <laughs> Scott's like, whoa, okay. Okay, to be fair to Don Lemon, he's not saying the questionable thing here, no. but he is laughing about it. Laughing about it. And I, I think he could laugh at it, even if he doesn't agree with it, That's first true. of all. Yeah, that but then he true. would also have to say, like, he didn't push back in the slightest. Like, yeah. the guy made a... A pretty offensive remark, I would I would think. I would Yes. Uh, yeah. If I were Kanye West, not even being Kanye West, I'm like, I, I'm not a sensitive person, but even I'm like, okay, that's kinda of, that's offensive. Yeah, I mean we would be cancelled off the internet for oh, that. Oh, for that, sure. You know. If I said that, definitely, hundred percent, no question. Yeah. I, I think there's also a pattern about what Don Lemon does or does not think funny. At yes. this point, you can claim to not be partisan still, but it's like, this is this is pretty obvious. I mean, it was kind of like when Elizabeth Warren was still claiming to be native and like everyone knew she wasn't, but she was still saying it anyway. It's like, why? Who Trump, is give this me that facade $1 million. for? Yeah. <laughs> um, so here we have, okay, so that was kind of like the least egregious. We're working our way up here. Um, Don Lemon claims to never belittle people. He, here is a clip that again... It would be acceptable for no one else aside from the, I guess, quintessential elitist progressive viewpoint, what he says here. So we have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. And we have to start doing something about them. There is no travel ban on them. There is no ban on, you know, they had the Muslim ban. There is no white guy ban. So what do we do about that? It would never be acceptable to say that about any other group. No, no. Um, definitely not. And what's frustrating, we were kind of talking about this briefly before the show started, is like here with this statistic, what people do when they say white men are the biggest terror threat is they're looking at overall incidents of things like domestic terrorism and they'll be yes. like, oh, most numbers is white people. They're not talking about proportionality. Yeah, I know. You thought that they just don't understand statistics. I think I, that look, some of them, some, some of them, them definitely don't. And you're, I think yeah. you're right about that anyway. Some of them don't understand statistics. But what matters here is proportionality. And, yeah. and if you know anything about stats, you know that that's the case. And if you actually look at that, that kind of stats among violent crimes mm -hmm. proportionally, I don't think Don Lemon is going to get the answers he's seeking. No, definitely not. The talking not. points are not on his side. Yeah. So. And it's it's frustrating because we always see people push stuff like that. But it's if you actually look at the numbers, it's like, no, no. The op literally the opposite of, of what you're trying to push. But it, I mean, that's besides the point anyway. He that's is right. definitely, he's taken on blatantly liberal talking point. It would be not acceptable to say that about any other group. How he can even claim to be impartial after that, I don't understand. And I love Chris Cuomo's face while he's saying that. I like know, even yeah. Chris Cuomo looks uncomfortable. You know, it's got to be. He's got a good be, poker face there. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, oh. You know, it's got to be pretty <laughs> bad. Um, okay. So maybe if you're still batting for Don Lemon, I don't know why you would be, but perhaps you think, okay, well, maybe he just has like a very high standard of what he thinks should and should not be acceptable. That's why uh, he's coming down so hard on white, I guess, domestic terrorism, which I guess everybody should, of course. But um, it's strange when. Situations are a bit different when the people, when the races of the people involved are maybe flipped. It doesn't seem like he has such strong moral convictions. Here's another clip. At the, the end of the day, um, you just try to wrap your head around evil. That's what this is. It's evil. It's, it's brutality. It's man's inhumanity to man. And um, 
For, I don't think it's evil. I, I, I don't think it's evil. I think these are young people, and I think they have bad home training. An 18-year-old victim who was tied and gagged. The suspects put a knife to his throat at different points in this video. They make him drink from the toilet. They shout expletives against white people and against the president-elect. This torture goes on for more than 30 minutes. Listen. Donald Trump. I don't mean to be a jerk, and that's exactly how this is gonna sound, but he looks so much younger in that clip. When was that incident from? I remember it, but I don't it remember wasn't that what year. long ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you guys might remember what happened there was when I think this white kid was kind of there was a, a live stream beat down of him by these well, black like, like basically torture it was yeah like, it was it was that they were a bunch of people that held this guy captive and made him do all kinds of things yeah. and it was it was him really terrible physically well well as you saw yelling things that were racially motivated against mm -hmm. white and anti-trump um yeah yeah Imagine, if you will, a situation where a black kid was, oh you know, taken by a bunch of white people, um, held against his will, beaten, racial things being yelled at him. Do you think Don Lemon would feel compelled to defend, defend them in any way? If and also, by the way, you're a journalist. It's not your job to try right. to defend or, or qualify what is and what is not evil if your guest says something like you're that's not your place to chime in with your own opinion if you're supposed to be an objective journalist yeah you're right about that but i think even even like even take a softer approach if yeah. there's any violence perpetrated by a white person on a black person and it's not racially motivated he'll find whatever, oh for sure whatever story he yeah. can get to make it seem racially motivated yeah and in the case where you have the flip like this like this was a freebie for don lemon it was as easy as it gets they're, they're literally torturing a guy on live stream yeah like this is this is evil no matter what exactly but for him i think he's like well the principle was there <laughs> just the the way that they carried it out was wrong that's what it seems like no it, it it definitely did and that's kind of one of the things it's like all right it doesn't matter what side you're on you should be able to say this is messed up um this is kind of seems what with them yelling racist things seems like it might be racially motivated i don't know um so i just want to bring all of these things up to show you that this latest thing with don lemon like this is not specifically why people have a problem with Don Lemon. It's all of these behaviors, why people have a problem with Don Lemon. Also, he's being accused of sexual assault by this one guy. We're not even going to go into that, but that is a thing you guys should look into. And, and finally, uh, we're going to finish off with a clip that I think is just uncomfortable to watch. It's him being super cringy. Uh, a while ago, a campaign account, and I'm pretty sure this is what happened, tweeted out a meme of Trump as Thanos. It's the whole I am inevitable thing. Uh, from Endgame. I think it's a pretty good meme. And what happened was, I think Trump retweeted it. Correct me if I'm wrong. But Don Lemon was furious. He was indignant that the president would dare engage in memery. This is the rant that he went on. What, what are we in junior high school? Like, what the hell? Is, what is this? I, I cannot believe that I'm even having to report this on the news. This is, cr this is crazy. This is literally crazy. Are you people insane? Go ahead, troll the Democrats on Twitter. Do this stupid, silly, you know what? Play this stupid juvenile meme game. History won't record this meme, stupid crap, but history will record this, the seriousness of what is happening. So, I think objectively funny Thanos meme, definitely one of the danker memes that movie has wrought. Uh, you shame people, take it seriously, yada, yada, yada. This is solemn. How dare you? Yeah, awful high horse, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, very high horse. Joke about Ukraine being the letter U and then a picture of a crane. That's news. You can't get enough of that. That is that is peak comedy. You are your sides are splitting. Like if you want to be the type of pundit or anchor who jokes around, go for it. I think that's great. I think that's fun. I think that's entertaining. But the thing is, you're not. You're not, you're not all. Don Lemon is not funny. Don Lemon is not a jokester. He does not partake in comedy. I think the uh, the righteous indignation bit that we just saw is a bit overboard. But he's like he's. <laughs> 
yeah, that laughter was ridiculous. Don Lemon's a hack, CNN are hacks. Watch them for a different perspective if you want or if they happen to be on at the airport because that's pretty much the only place people are tuned in. But but don't for a second think that that clip, the first one, he and his guests laughing at Trump supporters is anything other than the way they actually feel about Trump supporters. Yeah. And the one thing I do use CNN for now, I throw on the ad blocker and I want to find out what world the left is in. Yeah. That's it. You know, you got a reference much. point where it's like, okay, what is what are they being told? Yeah, this is the narrative is that's being fed. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so next up we have a sexual harassment suit. This one is... It's a strange story. Uh, it's it's hard to believe this is even happening. But before we get into that, just want to remind you guys, please like, share, subscribe. It helps us out so much. We have been like put into YouTube slash Google Gulag. Um, if you try to search Lauren Chen YouTube on Google, our, our YouTube channel does not pop up. Um, me and other people's YouTube videos or other people's playlists with my videos pops up, but not us. Um, so, you know, you sharing on different platforms, Twitter, Reddit, Facebook really helps us out. And of course, if you want to go the extra mile, subscribing at blazetv.com slash Lauren with the code Lauren, like that's kind of, you help us keep the lights on over here. You ensure that you always get our videos and everyone else's at the blaze. It's a huge deal to us. We really appreciate it. And uh, if if you want another way to support the show, you can also head on over to shop.theblaze.com for our awesome show merch, mugs, hats, t-shirts. Yeah. Um, Okay. So the issue of sexual harassment or even abuse in the era of Me Too and Believe All Women is a tricky one. Uh, Of course, we are against any and all forms of sexual abuse and harassment. But I think we're also against the removal of things like due process, innocent until proven guilty. We're kind of fans of that over here. Go figure. Those are far right talking points, Lauren. Essentially, yes. (laughs) Um, You should have seen some of the comments. It was more of the Twitter replies that uh, that video we did about the Aya Napa rape case got some people were not impressed with that um so yeah these two things rape uh upholding due process opposing rape upholding due process there we go they're not necessarily in conflict with each other but with this mentality some people have believe all women it, it does put them into conflict sometimes and we have a story here that i mean It's almost too outrageous to be true, but the thing is, it actually is. There's documentation of it. Um, it, It's one of the most shocking examples of anti-male bias in sexual assault allegations I think I've ever seen. Imagine for a moment, you being expelled from college and your degree revoked for sexual assault, even though you have audio recording clearly showing that not only did your accuser want sexual relations with you, but that if anyone was actually harassed and abused, it was actually you. Okay, imagine that happening to yourself. This is exactly what happened to this one guy, Ben Fableman or Feebleman. I'm sorry, it wouldn't be a pseudo-intellectual episode unless I pronounced the name incorrectly. Um, so this is a shocking piece from the Daily Caller describing exactly that. We have a lot of text here. We're just going to skim through it because there's a lot to this story. And the more you hear about it, the more outrageous it gets. Like, it's one of those you think, surely, no, no, like, yeah, but it does get worse. Okay, so um, last May, Ben Fableman filed a $25 million lawsuit against Columbia University in New York federal court for expulsion and gender discrimination under Title IX. A female classmate had accused him of sexual assault. He says she assaulted him, not the other way around. Despite the evidence, the school decided he was guilty. His case is now in the discovery phase in all court filings. Fableman's accuser is called Jane Doe. Both sides are waiting for a former President Obama-appointed judge to rule on Columbia University's motion to partially dismiss the lawsuit. So $25 million he's asking for what happened to him. It's a lot of money, but reading this case, honestly, I think he deserves it. All right, so describing how Feebleman ended up meeting the person who ended up accusing him, he said, this article says, he knew her a little from orientation, but they'd never hung out. On this night, he seemed to hit the jackpot of hookups. At the reception, the complaint says they sat on the floor and she asked him to put his head in her lap. She later sneaked kisses when her friends weren't looking. She poured beer down his throat during a drinking click game. They went outside and did some not very PG-13 things, removing on. 
Don't you want to F me, she asked multiple times, on tape, in clear words. In fact, she affirmed her desire to have sex with her classmate no less than 29 times. She wanted him to F her, and she wanted it her word hard. This is how graphic this audio recording that he has is. He wanted that, too, but something in his gut told him he better protect himself. A little too late for the spider senses there, bud. Yeah. After messing around for approximately 15 minutes, again, this article is is quite explicit, she reiterated her desire for rough sex and he pumped the brakes. He thought of the squeaky bed, paper-thin walls, and her roommate. When she refused to take no for an answer, he pressed record. So here we have a situation where this guy is feeling unsafe. He's feeling like... He's being preyed upon, which if you say no and someone keeps pushing you and pushing you, that is sexual harassment, maybe even abuse, depending on how far it went. And again, this is all being recorded. In total, he claimed she bit him three times, yanked his pants down, and grabbed his buttocks in an attempt to force her mouth on his penis. Feeble men had already sensed that things might go sideways. Some things made him nervous when he first tried to leave. She started to cry. He couldn't leave a woman in tears. Emotional manipulation, by the way. He wanted to leave on positive terms. He liked her. He liked his classmates. He didn't want to be known as the class scum. For the entirety of the 30-minute recording, she forbade him from leaving. It wasn't even a day later when she accused him of sexual assault under the university's title IX statute she didn't seek medical attention or call the police Uh, for the record the actual article goes more in depth than this but they didn't end up actually having sex from my understanding he eventually left the her room at around 2 a.m um ben tried to have sex with me she told her roommate after he left she also told her boyfriend that's i think it's important to note that she has a boyfriend here who allegedly questioned how drunk she was she called him an a-hole and hung up that morning she informed the school that feebleman had sexually assaulted her columbia university allegedly investigated the matter for six months in june 27 a panel of three administrators held a kangaroo style hearing Um, in which they never used any evidence he provided or asked Jane Doe a single question about his side of the story. Uh, Afflicted with laryngitis that day, he sat there silently with his lawyer, who also wasn't allowed to speak. In less than 24 hours, the panel declared him responsible for sexual assault as the result of consensual non-intercourse sexual contact he had with her prior to her demands for intercourse. That's such a strange... What does that even mean? Sexual assault... Sexual assault as the result of consensual non-intercourse sexual contact. Um, I guess. Well, I mean, it's like groping or whatever, right? I guess. You know? Yeah. That's what I seem I guess. to read it as. On the other hand, the school treated his allegations of sexual assault like a joke, right? Because I think from what it sounds like, he has his own grounds for saying, no, I was the one sexually assaulted. They cited insufficient evidence. And the notion that even if it happened, he would have liked it. The school declared that Jane Doe was not responsible for any alleged assaults on him. Columbia University let him graduate in May, but retroactively expelled him in June and ditched the diploma he'd spent the past year and a half and the rest of his GI Bill earning. Uh, This article also notes that in all previous Title IX cases, Columbia University has sided with the woman. That's how you know a court is fair and balanced when they have 100% conviction rate. By the way, uh, I think it's the BC Court of Human Rights, also 100% conviction rate Mm. um i'm pretty sure the soviet union uh had something similar yes um so if the roles were reversed okay um a a girl goes home with a guy she tries to leave he doesn't let her he tells her no she starts recording him not be him not letting her leave uh she talks about how he forcibly touched her and undressed her do you think for a second that Columbia University would say, no, I don't want to hear this evidence? No, this is a joke? Uh, of course not. This this is outrageous. Um, I really hope that Columbia, or sorry, that the, uh, the court sides with him because don't forget, not only does he have to kind of go around with the stigma of being a sexual abuser, which is huge. Which but, can be lifelong. Yeah, but he also had his degree taken from him yeah so essentially right yeah especially from columbia so essentially his life has been i think in a lot of ways ruined his reputation um look i guess there's always a degree of i wasn't there so i can't know what happened but in a case where there's actual audio recording if you look at the article itself the uh the person who wrote actually did manage to get her hands on i think the actual recording and make a transcript of it Mm. um this chick what i think happened got drunk acted in a way she felt was 
whorish, slutty, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. She has a boyfriend. I think she started to so sober up and realized how badly she had screwed up and made this up, I guess, maybe tried to spin a tale of sexual assault before he could tell people what had happened. I don't know, but th this, the fact that anyone would do this to another person. Yeah. It's uh, disgusting. And especially it has to be a concerted effort after that point, too, to keep up the lie, even yeah. though you know that you're ruining this person's life. So I think that's that's definitely atrocious. I also think that this is the the hot cringe take, I guess, that, you know, he's got a lot of fault in this, too. Mm -hmm. Not not because, I mean, first of all. I don't think he deserves to have his life no, ruined. No, not at all. Not but at all. he didn't make good choices that, this night. First of all, this should serve as a wake-up call. to Because I've heard a lot of guys that like to sleep with random women uh, uh, that they'll start saying, I'll get a contract out or I'll record some kind of meme. That this, does nothing. Clearly, it, yeah. it doesn't matter what kind of evidence you have. You could have video evidence of her beating him up for all I care. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's going to fly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, to me, it's like, listen, he was being a bit of a man whore too. And I think that, you know, you put yourself at huge risk and yeah. there should be probably just more social stigma all around about just that. Just protect, it's, it's, protect yourself, right? Don't put yourself in situations where you have to rely on someone else's manners, morals, values, or whatever, when you yeah. don't know them at all. So this applies to women and men. It is not safe to invite someone who you don't know well at all into your bedroom. I don't care if you're man or woman, as we can we can see, both sexes can be hurt by this type of behavior. So protect yourself. Think with the larger head. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, please do. Um, so when it comes to what's gonna happen here specifically, um, DeVos has tried to take on things like Title IX. She's been called this huge sexist for, for doing it. This is not about man or woman. I think this is about due process. And what, what I think is strange in the first place is why these like pseudo sexual assault hearings are even happening at universities. Like why? Why is this something that a university needs to get involved in? I don't understand. Like they're trying to make universities into like these mini communities or whatever, but like, go to the police. They can actually do something. And guess what? Uh, if this guy gets thrown in jail, he's not going to be going to school anyway. So that that's right. That kind of takes care of itself. It's just it's very strange to me how they have like their own. Their, it's it's almost like sh Sharia law in some cases. You have your own like extra court system. I don't understand. Um, so I guess moral of the story here is just be careful, right? There's there's a reason why people advise against things like one night stands. And um, I, I think as this, as not only promiscuity becomes more and more common, but this whole type of believe all women attitude, um, I fully expect that we will see more stories like this. Although this with the audio recording is one of the most blatant ones. Do you think he, his lawsuit is going to be successful against the school? Well, from what I read that it's, it's uh it's a left-leaning judge. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know how far I could take it on appeal. But I do think that he genuinely did take some losses to both his name and to his potential earnings. So mm -hmm. I think that he's got... Um, he's entitled to damages a, as far as A legitimate complaint. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think agree. it's good that these schools be held accountable in at least some way because I feel like they, they so rarely are. Because a lot of these students, they see them as like... I mean, the administrators, a, a merger of government and parent and like wise sage, they think, you know, universities are untouchable. No, they're not. You should. If something wrong happens to you like this, absolutely take them to court or expose them on social media. Do whatever you can do just to make sure that their power is kept in check. Okay, so moving on, Trump immigration. Um, this past week, I saw a post floating around announcing some news on U.S. immigration policy. I hadn't, I haven't heard too many people talking about this, so this might be new information to some of you. Um, this person, Greg Store, who I actually am not familiar with, but he wrote, Breaking, on 5-4 vote, Supreme Court lets Trump administration start enforcing new immigrant wealth tests designed to screen out green card applicants seen as being at risk of becoming public charges. Okay, so essentially... What this means is that if you are likely to need a bunch of financial assistance from the government, uh, you may be denied a green card in your application, which is permanent residency. Mm. So it's not citizenship. Yeah, on, on kind of like the road to citizenship, green card is like a, 
the step before. Uh, it allows you to live, work in the country, but you can't vote. And I think it's like five years if you want to naturalize to become a citizen. So you're on your path to citizenship if you have a green card. Um, so to me, the idea that immigrants probably shouldn't be getting welfare, uh, it's, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> like not only are we saying, he's not even just saying no welfare for immigrants. He's saying if you are applying and we already know you will likely need welfare, <laughs> Maybe this is not a good fit. Um, like, why import here? Right. Why import people when they can't support themselves is a good like, question, I think. They're not refugees in this case. Like, yeah, like they're not. Refugees, I understand. There's, it's there's, a different category. Yes. Yeah, it's, you know, you have a legitimate moral reason to accept these people. In this well, case, that's, I think, well, the, but, yeah. But on the strict definition of, and I'm not saying that it means that you should accept them necessarily. I'm yeah. saying that there is there is a reason to say that like, yeah, these people are in danger and I have empathy towards them. And you know, Well, just in but, terms of the actual immigration process, refugee applications are separate from green card applications. Yes, yeah. They are not the same category. Absolutely. We've talked about the, the whole refugee situation right now, my feelings toward it, but we are literally just talking about green card applicants, which is right. different. These are people who were maybe previously on H-1B, H-1B visas, I think can eventually turn into green cards. These are people who maybe their um, family members or extended family members are trying to sponsor them over, like chain migration. Mm -hmm. um, Western countries can choose any immigrant they want, like literally there are so many skilled people in the world. If you live in like US, Canada, UK, Australia, whatever, there are so many people who, let's just be honest, may have more talent, more education, more wealth even than you who would kill to be in your spot. That's how lucky we are. Um, as far as I'm concerned, we can pick whoever we want, right? We can afford to be choosy. If you're setting an immigration policy, I mean, a save for people's like spouses and children who of course should be able to come like you know like a media family i don't sure. think anyone yeah. thinks otherwise why not say hey we're gonna have some standards we're gonna try to establish at least some sort of meritocracy right because everybody wants to come not everyone can maybe choosing people who can support themselves over those who can't might be a good way to at least filter out well that's that's the people. upside but the downside is also that a government has to keep its spending in check and make sure it's not going into ridiculous amounts of debt which right. by the way the american government is all governments all are, governments are especially western like canada's debt is unbelievable like per capita it is insane like for the amount of debt we have we should have like some sort of like literally death star for how much we spend with the government, but there's no death star that's yeah, just so the, the tons point of is, dead and refugees. Sorry, go ahead. The point, yes, we'll have a death star. Yeah. But um, yeah, the point is, this is a step in the right direction yeah. in terms of policy, in terms of getting a sustainable sort of government program for yeah. refugees, given that you have a large welfare state. Exactly. And the thing is, there are poor Americans, right? And there yes. are poor Canadians, there are poor Brits, poor Australians. If anybody needs to be taken care of, why not focus on the people who you're already failing to take care of, right? Um, but we have an actual article about the policy that uh, goes into a little bit more depth here, and I think it's worth going over. So this is from Reuters. At issue is which immigrants will be granted legal permanent residency known as a green card. Under Trump's policy, immigration officers would consider factors such as age, educational level, and English proficiency to decide whether an immigrant would likely become a public charge who would receive government benefits such, such as the Medicaid health insurance program for the poor. The administration has said the new rule is necessary to better ensure that immigrants will be self-sufficient. Seems reasonable. Critics have said the rule would disproportionately bar low-income people from developing countries in Latin America, Africa, and Asia from permanent residency. So critics are saying that it's racist to expect immigrants to be self-sufficient. Mm. Nice to know what. And that's the thing. Like it frustrates me. And I've heard I've heard this from people firsthand. Um, some of these progressives, they, they, they're collectivists, right? They see people as a whole. So they can't understand that saying you must have this much wealth or ability to support yourself. They don't understand that there are, in fact, wealthy people from Asia. There are wealthy people from Africa, uh, you know, wealthy people from Latin America. We can talk about proportionality. That's fine. Developing countries would have a lower proportion of wealthy people, but they would still exist. It is therefore not racist or even xenophobic to have a, mer a meritocratic system like That's this. Right. And it's just, it's really frustrating uh, the way that it, this is such a straw man. 
Um, anyway, U.S. immigration law has long required officials to exclude people likely to become a public charge from permanent residency. So again, like this is not even something that Trump has designed himself. This was actually already supposed to be the policy. U.S. guidelines in place for the past two decades had said immigrants likely to become primarily dependent on direct cash assistance or long-term institutionalization in a nursing home, for example, at public expense would be barred. The new rule expands the public charge bar to anyone deemed likely to receive a much wider range of public benefits for more than an aggregate of 12 months over any 36-month period, including healthcare, housing, and food assistance. Okay, so they're not even saying you can't have any help. You're, they're saying public benefits for more than a year out of any three-year period. That's still quite a lot of potential public assistance. Um, and I think it's it's good to do these types of things because like we've mentioned, debt is super high. You already have enough people who are taking from these systems in the country. Like why, why do you want to make this problem worse? And whenever there's any attempt to limit or screen immigration... You always hear open border people saying, but immigrants are an economic boon. They they are good for the economy. Some are. Yeah, but again, we have the problem with collective collectivism, right? They are unable to see people as individuals. Yes. It doesn't make sense to say immigrants are good for the economy because not all immigrants are the same. And this is why, like, th they treat immigrants as this, like, homogenous, probably brown, marginalized group when there's a whole lot of diversity in there. Um, so if your argument for letting in immigrants is that they're good for the economy, though, what's wrong with implementing a test to ensure that, just to double check on the off chance that this one specific one might not be? Right? What's wrong with that? Oh, they, it should confirm their Yeah, it should confirm. Yeah, yeah, this should not actually apply to any immigrants because they're all uh, PhDs from Guatemala <laughs> fleeing persecution. We Doctors should be fine. and engineers and yes. Exactly. Enriching diversity. Um, but when it comes to immigration, I think it is fair to say that like on, on both sides, people tend to, I guess, use two broad yes. strokes. Either it's all good or it's all bad. I take a let's judge things on a case by case basis. And it seems like for uh, all the ways that Trump has been smeared for being anti-immigrant, he seems to be doing that too. If we even look at things like the RAISE Act, which his administration tried to pass, which got called racist, which would have implemented a points meritocracy system like Canada used to have, like Australia I think currently has, it was shot down. Um, some immigrants do cost taxpayers money. I don't think there's anything xenophobic about wanting to ensure that if you are com coming to a country, yeah. you're not going to be costing them money. We have this study from the Heritage Foundation because I'm sure some people might take issue with what I'm saying. I got some receipts. Um, every immigrant without high school degree will cost taxpayers $640,000. That's what the numbers say. And we'll, we'll go into it. National Academy's report provides 75-year fiscal projections for new immigrants and their descendants. The fiscal impact varies greatly according to the education level of the immigrant. Oh, gee, what? Not all people who weren't born here are the same? Crazy. Hmm. Low-skilled immigrants are shown to impose substantial fiscal costs that extend far into the future. The future government benefits they will receive greatly exceed the taxes they will pay. On average, a non-elderly adult immigrant without a high school diploma entering the U.S. will create a net fiscal cost. Benefits received will exceed taxes paid in both the current generation and second generation. Average net present value of the fiscal cost of such an immigrant is an estimated $231,000, a cost that must be paid by U.S. taxpayers. However, a rough estimate of the future net outlays, outlays to be paid by taxpayers for immigrants without a high school diploma appears to be around $640,000 per immigrant over 75 years. Okay, so the reason that there are the two numbers there is that the $231,000 first quoted, I read, that assumes that the government puts that money into account with like a 3% interest rate and keeps it there over the long term over that 75 years. As we know, though, that is not how the government works. So paying it on a year-by-year -year basis, that's $640,000 over that 75 years. Um, this is the numbers. Uh, I don't think it's racist to acknowledge that, especially when we're talking about skill levels, not country of origin, not race, right. nothing like that. Here is what AOC and Ilan Omar had to say. 
This is shameful. America shouldn't have a wealth test for admission. It's a place where millions of people are descendants of immigrants who came with nothing and made a life. The American dream isn't a private club with a cover charge. It's the possibility of remaking your future. Here's the thing. Not on someone else's dime. Yeah, it's not even a wealth test. I'm not sure, but I mean, I'm pretty sure if you are like a fresh grad with a master's degree, even if you don't have a lot of money in your pocket at the time, I would say there's a pretty good chance you're not going to be on public assistance. That's right. Right? And the fact that she's conflating the two saying, oh, you're not wealthy, therefore you can't come with, hey, don't take taxpayer dollars. Like that's not the same thing, right? It's not like we're only inviting sheiks or something over here. Um, millions of people are descended of immigrants Right, but in the past we we didn't have welfare, right? Yeah, that's Our- a big thing, right? I mean, that was one thing I was looking up because I've heard all these stats before, but I was just verifying it. And if you look at the the Europeans that came over here historically, like a huge chunk of them went back home. Yeah, because back in the day when the Irish were coming over, when the Italians were coming over, they didn't have these massive systems, yeah. and you know they lived crappy lives you could see those famous signs where the irish not welcome you know yeah. things like that of course you know i say that because i'm irish and you know either so I'll harp on that but a lot of people went back to europe when they didn't succeed yeah because if, if you couldn't make it you didn't have another another option than to go back and hopefully your family or your That's old right. job or something like yeah, that you can make something happen back home yeah there, there was no other option and like again she's conflating like what other people are immigrants now you just want to close the door to immigrants well no no one is saying that. That's Trump right. certain. Yeah. I mean, maybe like five people on the internet are saying that, but Trump is not saying that. Republicans are not saying that. It's just, you know, there needs to be a conversation. Almost every single Western country right now needs to have this conversation. Aside from like Hungary and Poland, they're on the same page. But, uh, you know, talk about sustainability, right? I mean, yes. you can't just endlessly import people who need to be paid for because you're going to run out of money. Actually, no, we've already run out of money. We're going into debt. The money is gone. But but to the left, empathy is just so much more tangible than these government yeah. numbers of debt. They don't, you know, they they don't they just don't understand that as well. Exactly. They don't, there, the economics there are crying is not the forte. Women and children out there, therefore no borders. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's that simple. Uh, Elon Omar, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Retweet, retweet if your immigrant ancestors wouldn't be let in if this means tested immigration policy was in place. Then uh, mine actually would be. But give me your tired, your poor, your held. That's the quote on the Statue of Liberty. Right. A statue that was given to the U.S. by, by the way, a foreign country and is not actually law or in the Constitution. Yeah. I love how anytime the immigration and any type of like means testing or merit- meritocracy talk comes up, these people cite that stupid poem i would love if they cared as much about i don't know the constitution yes as they did this random poem yeah i mean to me i actually thought about this and i was like you know what i don't know the financial status of my irish ancestors coming over on those plague boats i have no idea they might my have been immigrants poor. are more recent from europe so I yeah yeah to... it's different my, yeah. but mine mine were back literally in, in the the, the, potato Irish, the potato famine days yeah and... i'm sorry the potato was it distribution problem yes. they don't like it yeah, when you yeah, call yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> but um the, the reality is if they were poor it mattered less back then when you didn't have this huge social welf- welfare net because yeah. at the end of the day they had to make it on their own the burden that they would have to the system was just not the same mm-hmm. and you know what they made it here and if not they probably would have went back home like, like some irish people did yeah and actually i've seen libertarians say no i'm fine let's have open borders but no welfare <laughs> Yeah. Right. But these people don't want that either. Right. Because they want the I guess, in my opinion, it's like we're like not best of both worlds. Yeah. But I'm definitely um, not libertarian, but their economics make a lot more sense than, than that. Yeah. But exactly. Like, even even if you're like, OK, everyone should be co- should be able to come because it's the land of opportunity. But let's not give them money. They're still not going to like that because they want them a to be able to come and b to get the money. <laughs> That's why we had on the Democratic debate, debate yeah. stage every candidate raising their hands that they would provide health care to illegal immigrants it's insane like with what money like what i feel like ron paul here like just asking people where do they think the money's going to come from there's no more money oh my goodness um so obviously leading into 2020 immigration is going to be remain this huge issue i think people you know it's funny because when they do polls like canada us uk everyone is on the same page that it's too much 
needs to quiet down for a little bit, means testing or, you know, merit testing is good, but they come out with this rhetoric. I don't know how how effective it's going to be leading into the elections, but I guess we'll see. Among activists, apparently very effective. Um, all right. So we're going to finish off the show with a discussion about dating, who you would date, who you wouldn't date, uh, specifically when it comes to politics. As we all know, Slate is cancer, right? And it's like yes, stage yeah. three, get your affairs in order, not looking good cancer. Um, recently, a question was sent in from one of their readers that I think surprised even the most jaded of us with how ridiculous it was. Uh, dear How to Do It. I'm a cis woman. You can already tell. It's going to be amazing, right? Uh, in kind of a classic millennial sex pickle, I'm really repelled by heterosexuality politically and personally, but I'm also really into, and she uses a word that means penis. Um, I've been thinking maybe I should look for bi dudes slash bi curious gay dudes, but I am not sure how to best do that. What would you think of a woman being on Grinder or Scruff? I do want to be respectful of gay men's spaces and not horn in where I'm not welcome, but I really would love to find a verse guy. I'm not even sure what that means. No, we were debating this, but we couldn't figure it out. Yeah. With queer politics, who would be up for casually dating a woman? What do you think? If you were me, where would you look? And of course, the the thesis of the question, I'm a heterosexual woman who's politically opposed to heterosexuality. So just your classic millennial sex pickle. I'm straight, but hate straight men. Yes. Now, what are you going to do? Just try to look for so some relatable. gay guys. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, hate when that happens. Um, essentially, she's saying she doesn't like the attitudes or behaviors of straight men, right? Yeah. Because she clearly has no problem with the anatomy of men. Uh, she just doesn't like the way straight men think, behave, I guess. Uh, here's what the Slate columnist said in response. Something you should keep in mind is that pursuing guys who share your interests in penis will hardly weed out jerks. There are a lot of... I'm trying to... That, that word is censored. I'm trying to figure out what it was. Crappy. Oh, okay. Yeah, thank you. There are a lot of crappy men who identify as gay and bi and their queerness doesn't automatically absolve them of misogyny. In fact, the misogyny in some of these dudes is compounded by a perceived lack of use for women. At least straight guys will pretend to be civilized for the sake of getting laid. Ultimately, I feel like you're going to end up with some yep. well-endowed puppy dog of a straight guy who's read some theory here and there anyway. I mean, by all means, have fun until you find him, but I'd put money on that being where this is going. So I like that this columnist isn't really on board with what she's saying, but I don't like that he's not on board with it for the wrong reasons. That's right. <laughs> right? So the issue isn't, oh, bi men and gay men can be misogynist too. Therefore, it's not really worth it. The issue is you're being ridiculous. There's nothing inherently wrong with straight men. That's the answer I was more looking for. Obviously not to be found on Slate. Um, so yeah, this this reader, reader went beyond saying, I don't want to date someone with different politics. She's basically saying, I don't want to date someone with different politics and all straight men have different politics than me. Yes. Which is a lot Sounds of, like someone that you just want, right? Yeah. Her, her username was also radical, just so you know. It's good. Just wife material. Yes. Um, so, I mean, she can have her preferences. That's fine. Um, she can date whoever or not date whoever she chooses. I have but, a feeling it'll be like one of those stories that we covered the other week of, yeah. uh, oh, now I'm lonely at age 37. Yeah. And maybe Oops. maybe in a couple of years, we'll be doing a follow-up on radical. Yes. <laughs> um, but what we find among activists or like the Slate columnists is that there's a huge double standard when it comes to what dating preferences are and are not acceptable and what they can be so lawrence fox the actor he, he's the one who recently spoke out against like woke pc culture in some footage from the bbc it's been yeah he's a british rounds. actor yeah. yeah he recently also said how he basically wouldn't date a woke woman so kind of mm. like your stereotypical third wave feminist type i'm assuming um the reaction to what he said wasn't received so benignly uh it was actually even called dangerous by by some people uh here we have this from medium again medium is another one of those slate medium jezebel the guardian salon where would we be without these outlets i don't know um this person writes the dangerous rise of men who won't date woke women it's dangerous mm. you're allowed to have your preferences and not even want to date any straight men but if a man says he doesn't want to date a woke woman that's dangerous uh it is fitting that white man of the moment lawrence fox who appeared on the bbc's question time 
um, told a audience member that Meghan Markle has not been on the receiving end of racism before subsequently appearing on the cover of the Sunday Times to tell the world that he does not date woke women and then displaying an appalling history an appalling understanding of history by calling the inclusion of a Sikh soldier in the film 1917 in Congress has irrespective tattooed on his arm. There's nothing funny about the things Fox is saying. It's also not particularly sad. It's dangerous. He is just one very privileged man and as a result of said privilege has been given a platform and he has issued he has used that platform to legitimize a bigger backlash against diversity and progress, which is unfolding every single day in less public corners of the internet. Not wanting to date woke women, far from being laughable, is actually one of the most insidious aspects of it. Spend an afternoon on any major dating app and you'll come across generally white. Yes. Watch out for those. The bad guys. Men saying openly sexist and misogynistic things. They might say no psychos or that they effing hate big eyebrows. How is that misogynist? Those are two things that are very misogynist. Yeah, um, I have very strong opinions about bad eyebrows too. I tell yeah, them Lauren, to Liam all the time. Yes. He cares a lot about my opinions about other people's eyebrows. Anyway, yes. uh, in their bios. And by and large, they also tend to hold extremely right-wing views and see themselves as victims of liberal thinking. Mm. In fact, as I was writing this, a dear friend sent me a screenshot of a guy she's just matched with who describes Jordan P. Peterson as his dream dinner guest. Wow. That's yes. like literally Hitler. Literally Hitler. The same Jordan B. Peterson who thinks that white privilege is a Marxist lie and wants millennials to drop their obsession with social justice. Mm. Okay, so I think it's pretty clear here that there's a little bit of a double, a double standard as to what what's okay and not okay to say no to when it comes to dating. Um, if I were single, would I date someone with different politics? It depends, right? Um, I'm pretty sure that Lawrence Fox isn't saying that he wouldn't date someone who would vote for a different candidate than himself, than himself or who... Yeah views the ideal corporate tax rate as being something different than he does. Um, when it, you know, or I don't know what the best solution is to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I think, of course, people can have differences of opinions and still date, be happy together. I'm sure Lawrence Fox doesn't disagree. But I mean, more generally when it comes to politics, and I guess it's, you know, social views and values more so maybe than politics, but it all fits together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair to make compatibility judgments. Of course. I mean, the feminist ideology or the woke ideology would be completely counter to his worldview, his ethics, yeah. the way he sees the world. His sense just, of self even. Yeah. If he refuses yes. to acknowledge he has white privilege or that he's, you know, engaging in misogynistic behaviors by doing such and such, how would a relationship like that work when one person is constantly harping on the other? Yeah. I mean, I mean, part of you wants to say maybe you could change this person. But listen, if you're in a personal relationship with someone and you, you're looking at having a future with them, you, you just can't. That's a big if. Yeah, That's a big you can't maybe. you can't gamble on that. It has to this has to be. Yeah, it has to be a surefire thing. Right. So, you know, someone that can be propagandized in that way, you, you probably want to just mm -hmm. avoid. And I think that's the best thing that you can do is do exactly what he is doing. Just you say know? no. Listen, Not at even the end once. of the day. At the end of the day, all these feminists, you know what they want, right? They want the Henry Cavill. That's what it is. They just want Henry Cavill. Yeah. And when he comes and he's like, listen, get, you know, I'm going to provide for you. I need some babies. And they're going to be like, yes. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I, no, there's like zero doubt in my mind for a good 95% of the women out in the women's march with the red hair, quintessential glasses wearing, you know, hashtag resist or whatever. If they actually met a conservative good-looking, strong Which, man. by the way, I'm not saying Henry Cavill is any of those things. I I, I just brought up a good, the good-looking okay, guy we, at the moment, right? <laughs> we all know we all know what you're thinking. Um, they would absolutely, they would go for it, right? They oh, would. Yeah. They absolutely yes. would. I think a large part of this mentality is the idea, like, you can't reject me if I reject you first. Yes. Um, Have you ever been to a bookstore, right? You go through that one section of, like, romance. It's just like, <laughs> like half the bookstore is dedicated to women fantasies, and you should just see, like, yeah, what and they're it? all, it's Cowboys all the, and, like, the displays yeah. on romance book covers are the most quintessential, like, toxically masculine. Right. Everyone's either a fireman or a cowboy, some sort of fireman cowboy. Always you know, jacked white shirtless. dude. Always, yeah. yeah Amish abs. romance is a huge thing uh, now, yeah. which is strange. Yeah, and it's like this, this is what women by and large find attractive and I'm going to include feminist women in that you know you would like it and you know frankly it's the same thing with like male feminists right I think if there was like a good looking conservative girl let's say uh 
oh my gosh, let's say like a Tommy Laren type. Doesn't matter how many like whiny videos this beta male cuttlefish, male feminist has made about Tommy Laren. If they thought for even one second that she would actually be interested in them, they would yeah. renounce their views. Yeah, but that's they, they that, would they would backtrack in like thirty minutes. Oh, of course, but that actually is their entire personality. Right? Yeah, that, I mean the whole the whole thing that they're playing is Sniveling is, is to win Jerry. the mating game yeah. in some way, which is which is what these feminists are left with, right? Because yeah. because most self respecting men, you could almost tell, right? If I see someone who works out, I'm like, well, this guy probably isn't progressively left. No, they've done. They might they might they might have some left wing views, but they're probably really not. They've done studies on this. Yeah, the more. Yeah physically fit a man is or the higher testosterone levels he has the more likely he is to have right-wing or conservative views and obviously it's mm. not like one for one like everyone who goes to a gym is republican no but it is a correlating factor which i think is right. very very interesting um so i mean again i'm not saying that like oh if you guys don't vote for the same candidate things aren't going to work but i i think some people's politics are so pervasive in the way they view the world, the way they behave, where it's like, okay, maybe it's fair to say I won't date you. Am I, am I saying people should be putting, uh, you know, Trump voters only MAGA 2020 in their like dating profiles? I don't think that's necessary. No. I mean, I mean, listen, if you're, whole, if you're one of those people that your whole life revolves around politics. That's sad. Yeah, I feel bad for yeah. you and... And I guess maybe you have to put that in your bio because you can't exist with someone who who doesn't have that same lifestyle. But yeah. for most regular people, yeah, you shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to think that way. Mm -hmm. For sure. But actually, um, this kind of reminds me of a story I saw recently. One of the dating apps, I forget which one, and I don't want to give them any publicity anyway. Recently posted on their social media that they are coming out with a way to allow users to filter out people who don't believe in climate change. Hmm. So I guess one of the questions when you sign up is, do you believe in climate change? And anyone who says no, there's like a, a way to filter them out. And it's funny because most of the replies I saw to that was, how do you filter out the people who want to filter out those people? Mm. Not even necessarily, I think. Meta. Yeah, exactly. And I don't even think people who were posting that were necessarily not believing climate change themselves. But the idea that you want to immediately sort out your dating pool on something like that that's right yeah. you're probably a little annoying to talk to yeah a little yeah yeah um so yeah sniveling beta male feminists would you or would you not date them gentle viewers or if you are a man watching this would you or would you not date the uh what's the you know the big red i guess stereotypical yeah. feminists well an attractive big red i guess to make it harder to make the question harder no, because it's part of it. It's part of it. <laughs> There's something to that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so definitely let us know. And by the way, if you are watching live, don't forget to stay on the stream because we'll be back in just a few seconds with some Q&A going over your Super Chats. But for everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time.